Good afternoon, punters, and welcome to another episode of uh, Bet With Brilliance this week. Um, so this week we're doing things a little bit differently. Uh, Nick Lloyd won't be joining us. It's his 21st this weekend, so he's going up to Rocky. So a big uh, happy birthday to Nick, and hopefully you find a few winners up there, mate. Uh, this week, joining myself, I've actually got Jared Fish, the other rider and, and form analyst in, in Sydney for Brilliance Racing. G'day, Fish. How you going, mate? Good, mate. Thanks for having me on board. Um, yeah, really excited for my first podcast with the boys. No pressure, mate. Yeah, with Nick, Nicky away. No pressure, mate. No good, and you're in the bin. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really nervous about it, but we'll see how we go. No, nah, all good. I'm looking forward to it. So, um, coming in off the back of a massive weekend of, of racing around the country, um, Obviously, first big group one of, of the weekend. We had the CFR stakes down in Melbourne at, at uh, Caulfield. Um, bit of a little bit of a boil over in a sense there. We had a few good two-year-old races in Melbourne and then obviously a couple of good two-year-old and three-year-old races in Sydney. So um, I think maybe one of the biggest talking points of the weekend was Streets of Avalon winning the CFR. Sir Dragonet was nowhere near what he trialled up as fish. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Streets of Avalon. Um, he's he's come back absolutely on fire there, winning um, first up at Mooney Valley. Took a seat behind Sovereign Award there, and when the whips got cracking, he was just too strong. I'm um, not too sure what happened with Sir Dragon, eh? Not sure if uh, he's a bit of a sack there, or, or what are your thoughts? I think I think that race was one for anyone that backed Sir Dragon, eh, and I was definitely one of them, or at least tipped him, sorry. Um, it's one way to look back at the form guard and go, how did I miss that? Streets of Avalon, he always he always improves second up. He loves Caulfield, eats up 1,400 metres. And Sir Dragonet, he'd never run on a good deck below 2,000 metres. So it was all there. Yeah, that was my thoughts as well. When I saw the form guard, I thought, obviously, um, Sir Dragonet trialled like a champion and the word out of the camp was he's absolutely firing and um, Bossy was really keen himself, but... Looking at the form, yeah, like you said, not until he gets out to um, 2,000 metres that he really stamps his authority. Yeah, 100%. We also had some some really smart two-year-olds go around, uh, obviously in, in Sydney there with Profiteer, and, and I'll get your thoughts on him in a minute, but um, Arcade had won the, uh, the uh, Blue Diamond Prelude for the Phillies, and General Bo, the big bully, won the boys' race, which was really interesting. That was a great race. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I guess the pick of the bunch for the Phillies was definitely arcaded. It was a peach of a ride by Damien there. Um, just sat behind the speed. And then when he came around the corner, he um, got her out of trouble and gave her enough room. And she just went away with it, really, from there. Um, and then, yeah, the, the Colts race. Um, General Bo was able to hang on there from a fast-finishing uh, animo, which I'm unsure if General Bo can go to that 1,200 for the Blue Diamond, but... In my opinion, Animo's a real follow for sure. She just, well, he, sorry, sits at, sits at the back there and sprints home pretty hard late. Yeah, when, when we got to the 200-metre mark, I was watching the race and I thought, he's in the ground here. He's nowhere near. And I, through Brilliance Racing, I tipped him and I thought, oh, I've missed by a long way here. And what, in the last 150 metres, jumped out of the ground. I thought he'd nearly won in that photo and I thought, wow, that was massive. I can't wait for him to get to 12. Yeah, I thought he'd got there in the end as well. And like you said, yeah, 
can't wait to watch the Blue Diamond if you guys around. Yeah, and as I alluded to, we had um, a smart two-year-old go around in Sydney was was profiteering and, and a couple more good races. What happened up there, Fish? Yeah, so well, the English Millennium was uh, the race that Profiteer raced in and um, obviously the Price Camp were real confident um, on his chances there and he just ran away with it. 5.3 lengths he won by. Um, just took off at the start, got around the corner and took off again. His sectionals were 10.3, 10.7, 11.3 and he only really died late. So it's, it was a great run and it really stamps his... Um, Chances in the Golden Slipper, I guess. Yeah, you mentioned those sectionals, sectionals. Sorry, and it's a, a a great point that you bring up. I think Hugh Bowman commented that during the early stages of the race, that Profiteer over raced a bit, and he he sort of wasn't one hundred percent sure what to do. He sort of let him bowl along a bit, and that maybe why he gave out a bit late on the clock. But he was nothing short of dominant. That was incredible to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess uh, looking forward to the Golden Super, I guess if he runs, that's what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to relax a little bit more and ensure that he can run a strong 1,200 because, yeah, like you said, he was overdoing it a little bit. How strong was the field he was up against? That's another question, but oh, it was unbelievable to watch. Yeah, it just blew him away. Yeah. We also had uh, we had the three-year-old English Millennium, was it? The English Sprint, sorry. English sprint three-year-old, yeah, which was um, Ole Kerr coming back from, from a long spell. Um, I guess the big the big winner there was Rocketing Buyer, who I definitely underestimated, and I think a lot of a lot of punters did underestimate. But that's that's three in a row now for for him. He's um one at a thousand, one at eleven hundred, one at twelve hundred, all in a row. McAvoy on, so Ole Kirk back to Ole Kirk. He's definitely a follow. He um he pegged on his run. His um, four to two hundred sectionals were eleven point one three, and then he just died late and ran a twelve point three nine at the end. So he's definitely a follow as well. And I think stepping up to fourteen hundred, he'll be ready to go. Hundred percent. So looking at the bets from from last weekend, last episode, um, this might be why Nick Lloyd actually ran off and decided he wasn't going to do the podcast. He tipped in gear and couldn't. Couldn't get the chockies in Brisbane, um, but I had La Mexicana going around at uh, at Caulfield. I think he'd raced four or five off the top of my head. Um, don't really care what race she won anyway. That's all I needed her to do, and um, she did it in in a photo down there, which which was brilliant for us. So hopefully, some of the punters that had a listen got on there. Uh, star performer of the week, you got fish. Oh, star performer of the, uh, the weekend for me was Profiteer. Just um, absolutely brained him and yeah, it's a pretty easy one to select, obviously, but definitely keen to follow there. Yeah, 100%. I've actually got Streets of Avalon for mine. That's CFR Stakes. Talked, it was talked about going into the race. It wasn't a real wait-for-age Group 1 race. Like, it was a very weak race. There was – so Dragonade had that hot trial. Crosshaven was, as Nick said – a bulletproof three-year-old. There was the talk about, you know, imaging might come late and win, blah, blah, blah. But Streets of Avalon, credit to the trainer for for placing him in the run um, off of the Australian, uh, Australia Stakes, sorry, at Mooney Valley. Um, 
off of the Australia stakes there, he's gone two from two, one at Caulfield, and he's just shown that he can't be forgotten about. Yeah, absolutely. And the market the market even forgot about him there for both of those races. I think was he eight dollars on the weekend, wasn't he? Yeah, all right. I think some of the bookies he could have gotten close to ten. Yeah, so, crazy with the one man. So yeah, absolutely. And that like I said before, you look back at that and you go, ten bucks for that, I'll have that. Yeah, Every exactly day of the week. Right. Yeah, How you'd exactly be, right. be laughing. Was gonna run past there at one stage, but just kept fighting he's a yeah, real tough horse. Yeah, imaging really learned to do it. And I've thrown him in our uh, black bookers for brilliance because I just think he gets a bit more distance, you know, out towards the 1,600 metres, maybe gets a bit longer straight. Balance up. See you later. Done and dusted. Absolutely. You alluded to it uh, earlier, uh, Damien Oliver, his ride on uh, Animo. I've got that as ride of the week. The way that he was able to bring Animo, it, like, it said, like I said, it looked like he was just done and dusted, back off the canvas, along the rail, nearly beat General Bow. And he's talked about as a horse in this two-year-old crop that he's the bully, he's the big dog, he's the professional. He might not go and win the Blue Diamond, but he's the professional one of the lot. And to get Animo in that position, I thought was insane. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the way the way the animal races, yeah, he just lets him go for it, lets him take go. He takes a seat, and then it's, it's never easy when you get stuck and you got to go up the rail. But obviously, when you're Damien Oliver, he's done it a fair few times. But um, yeah, maybe in the Golden Slipper, he might get a better draw. And if he can stalk the speed out wide and they go really quick, he'll be every chance at the twelve hundred to get around him over the top. Hundred percent. And it's a good thing that you you note the the track the rail was back in the true position at Caulfield from being out I think it was nine meters so he knew he had the fresh ground there kept it in a good spot and yeah nearly nearly got the chockies which I thought was just incredible I was watching that live and I thought wow hey that's a massive run um, spoke about it before best bet of the weekend and we had it for let it ride was uh, was La Mexicana so we got the chockies there that was that was very handy to place it should have been the win what was I thinking. But we're going to stop. Uh, we're going to stop mucking around. We're going to get into this week's and this weekend's races. Now, do you want to start up in Sydney Fish? What have we got going on up there? Yeah, we'll have a look at Sydney. Um, I'm really excited for this weekend. I'm actually heading up to the races around week, so I'm looking forward to seeing all the fresh crop come come back from the spell. Um, a couple of big races there: the Southern Cross Stakes, which is a three-year-old Group Three. Apollo Stakes is a group two, 1,400. And then the, we'll have a look at the light finger stakes as well. But, um, yeah, this Southern Cross Stakes, I've just got it down as a super fast race. The tempo is going to be right on there. Um, there's only two horses in the field that actually take a seat, and that's right here and Brave Song. So they're going to go for it up real, real fast. Um, for me, Mars Crusader, I'm not too sure what happened last prep. It was just too bad to be true. Um, they bring him out first up on a heavy 10 and as you know sometimes that can end the preparation straight away and he just never seemed to go on with it after that he had an exceptional trial the other day so i've, I've put him on top um dangers i think right here and just stalking the speed and can be strong late how do you see it exactly like you just said off of my Rohiran's run um at the gold coast on magic millions day the pace is going to be red hot up the front I think if Raheran gets 
he might need some. She might need some luck from where she is there. Um, but I think she'll follow the pace. Gets a run late, could make it really interesting. I've um, I've got her on top because um, when you look back at that that race of the Gold Coast, she did immense work from wide on the track early. And I, that just really caught my eye and comes back and proves second up. Could be too good for these. Yeah, absolutely. I hear the best runs have come when the tempo's been fast and just gets over the top of them late. So, yeah, definitely a big chance there. Um, moving on now to the Apollo Stakes, which is, as I said, Group 2, 1400. This is the race that I've been waiting for. I mean, look at the horses coming back here. You've got Dreamforce, Mugger 2, very elegant, um, golden silver, golden eagle winner in Colette. Even um, that Moanga's got a start now from the Annabelle Nation camp. Mm. I like the way um, Colding returned first up. Excellent behind Savadiano, and he's definitely the horse with the fitness edge. But um, I can't get past Very Elegant. She's one of my favourite horses, and what she did last preparation was just unbelievable. So I'm going to tip her on top. What about yourself, mate? I I thought you were going to go colding the way that you started there. And I thought, oh, we're going to be, we're on here. We've agreed on something. How good is this? I'm going with colding. And sorry, punters, I've bungled up the race before. Roheron, he's going to be too good to beat. So I've made a mess of that there. I've absolutely made a meal of it. Um, colding, I spoke about it after the uh, expressway. And I thought his run was massive. I was really keen to see what he did next. This Apollo Stakes, the 1,400 metres, is going to be more suited to him. The reason I've gone on top with him is everything else is first up. You can have your trials and things like that. Even 50 stars was entered to run in the CF4 off the top of my head and was scratched. Um, so that's got me thinking, you know, do you really know if this horse is actually ready, what's going to be best for him? Um, I've got Colling on top, Yeah. I reckon he'll map to get a decent run in transit. Um, but Huey was on him. Uh, Huey's been on him uh, before. Um, yeah, I've got him on top, just with everything else being first up. Absolutely. I, I looked at that and I was – I had Colding down on paper first as well. But, um, yeah, looking over it again, very elegant. She doesn't have a bad first up record, so I'm happy to go her way. But, yeah, the interesting thing is uh, I think – James McDonald might have rode Colding last start, so he obviously has a has an association with Very Elegant, so he'd be keen to jump on there and ride for the old carnival, which that's that's the only reason for the jockey switch there. Yeah, yeah, because Hugh Bowman's ridden Colding in the likes of an all-star mile, ride him in the Doncaster where Natoya won in an absolute boil over. Um, so Hughie's... Uh, Huey's ridden him before. He he'll know what it's about. He's he's one of the best that there is. Um, very elegant. I won't be upset to see her win. I think she's our queen of the turf. Um, yeah. Since since Wink's retired, she's absolutely my favourite horse. It's not that I don't want her to win. I think that Colding's second up. He's probably got the best chance in in my mind. Um, but in race eight, we've got the the tab light fingers light fingers stakes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we've got the life finger stakes here with um away game coming back from the Magic Million Guineas race. Which the way I've seen it, I think she just doesn't like the fourteen hundred really. I think the step back to twelve hundred suits. 
perfect. Um, Hungry Heart's coming back from a spell where she had a massive preparation in the spring. She she was running up three out of four races last preparation. So and they were they weren't just everyday races either. They were high quality races. So yeah, then we got Thermosphere, who's the Godolphin filly. She's um she's got the fitness, twelve hundred hit out, and um, she never seems to draw a good gate. So see how she goes on the weekend. There's one that I want to spec at some odds. Sweet reply. I think she's might be forty one dollars. She's got seven placings from eight. Despite being first up on paper, she's got residual fitness from her last preparation. She's only had a, a light break. I think it's four or five weeks. She had a trial the other day, which went quite well. And first up record, I think she's very good. So yeah, I'll give that give her a little spec. Yeah, absolutely. Away game is a really interesting runner second up. There was some whispers around racing, especially in Brisbane, that when Isotope beat away game in that photo in the gold edition at Doomben, that Glenn Boss jumped off and said, oh, they beat us today. They won at the Gold Coast. Um, and then away game came out and lost by two and a half lengths. Um, I mean, he's then come out and said that Sir Dragonate was there to win in the CF4 on Saturday, and that didn't happen. So how much can you read into what Bossy says? Hungry Heart's return is, is really interesting. Uh, I think it's the Princess Series in in Sydney where she just ran into Dame Giselle and, and Montefilia and couldn't get the best of them. Um, I'm going to go with Thermosphere on top. Um, I thought her run at Rose Hill last start, beaten point four over the length, was a massive run. Um, she's obviously been down last year in Melbourne and won a group two race, the Edward Manifold over 1600 metres. So she's definitely raced against arguably some better horses and won. Um, Nash on board is a strong, strong jockey. So she'll go back, but he would be able to pick her up late. And it wouldn't surprise me to see her come down, come down the middle and win. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting one. Yeah. I didn't give you a tip there before I just realized, but um, I'm going to go with hungry heart first up. I, I, I backed her every start last preparation and she let me down there a few times. So I'm hoping she comes back in good order and I can't wait to have a look at her in the yard. But yeah, I'm going to go hungry halfway for a win. I tell you what, you're going to Randwick on Saturday and Brody Nixon, the great Brody Nixon is going to be there. Don't ask him about hungry heart. There's, there's my tip for you. Don't ask him about hungry heart. Yeah, she's heard a few punters. <laughs> in there, but, um, yeah. Maybe this preparation, she might come out and win three or four in a row. So That'll help my bank account anyway. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Going a bit further south, um, the first race that I want to have a look at is the Talendert at Stakes. Uh, race two at Flemington. And that's for the two-year-olds uh, over 1,100 metres. This is a really interesting race because there's a few horses that have come out of this that I've spoken about on this podcast and um, a lot more people with a lot more knowledge have looked at some of these and gone, I think these can be really good horses and been beaten. I'm looking at Frost Flowers on top to get the cash after her last start. She was a $1.65 favourite at Caulfield, probably beaten by the turn for the first time in a race because um, her only start before then was the straight at Flemington. Um, she gets Jamie Carr on board. We spoke about Jamie Carr yesterday. She gets on top of horses that you don't think can ever win and something somehow gets something out of them, um, which was great for me yesterday. I really enjoyed that. But um, 
Spicy's been nominated. No jockey booked. I don't think we'll be running. Um, and then you're looking at something like Ingratiating, who's only had one start so far. I'm tipping Frost on flower. Uh, sorry, Frost Flowers on top there. She's already run the straight and won at a uh, won a length and a half and won very impressively. Yeah, that's um, yeah, spot on there, mate. Um, I looked at Ingratiating. She's actually she's actually had, well, he's actually had three starts, but um. He's only been he's only been beat by Finance Tycoon and Enthar in those two races, and he had minor placing. So, I mean, you look at that form, and you just go, "Well, you have to have a good look." And he's currently favourite. Then you got that um, gelding Gulf of Suez, is it Gulf of Suez? Gulf of Suez. But um, he had two absolute big wins in Adelaide. One quite well. I think one was a five length win, then came up to Melbourne, and she just he just got caught wide on the. Wide the whole trip there, three wide the whole blue diamond preview. So I'm going to give him another chance, but I'm definitely tipping ingratiating on top under the rod of Damien Oliver. Yeah, well, Golf of Suez was massive last start and won his first two before that. The the strike rate for the juveniles from Godolphin, and especially when Damien Oliver's on board, is massive. That's a big tick for anything in the market. So I reckon that'll get found late, probably jump our favourite. Definitely be hard to beat because I've got a serious record so far this season. The next race that I want to have a look at is race number five. It's the Group 3 Tab Vanity over 1,400 metres. Now, this one is for the three-year-old fillies. Who have you – have you had a chance to have a look, Fish? Who have you got on top here? I had a quick look at that race and I found it pretty hard, but I went with the class. I went with um, personal Damien Oliver once again. Obviously, she's going to get better over further distance. Um, she ended last prep winning the uh, Oaks on Ladies' Day down in Flemington. So, yeah, 1,400 might be a bit short, but I've just tipped her on top for class. Class alone pretty much, yeah, I've gone that way. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree with you. Um Beating the likes of Montefilia and Mirabale in that VRC Oaks, she was incredible, winning by just over a length. The the reason that I've got her on top, and this is quite interesting, just from a form perspective, you look at her first up record and she's had two starts for a, a second placing and you think, oh, well, that's not really too crash hot. But both of her first up starts were over 1,200 metres, 1,100 metres. And... For a filly that got to 2,500, I think 1,400 is going to be, in terms of a tempo, is going to be much better suited to to personal. So that's why I've got her on top. I think this is just going to suit her much better. Um, I just think she's lengths above the rest of this field. The only thing I might be concerned about at odds is a pinch of luck, but that's me really going looking for something. And you've got to throw Zoo Dancer in there just because Jamie Carr's on board. Yeah, which is, yeah, look, if she comes out and beats me, that's just the story of my life lately. That'll be, um, it seems like. and won it quite well, so she's, she's the one that I had down, down as a danger. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, moving forward, this is going to be a massive race and this is going to be really interesting. The Group 3 CS Hayes, over 1,400 metres for the three-year-old Colts and Geldings. In this one... And I'm just bringing up some more information here, punters. We've got the likes of ASAR at $4.80. You can have $7 for Brando. Our Magic Millions winner from the Gold Coast, AIM, paying eight. Uh, Tagaloa off of 
somehow getting three wide in a five-horse field. Last start at $8.50. Cam Bourne at $8.50. And then here to shock, Mwanga, the rest you can have double figures. Have you had a chance to look here, Fish, as well? Yeah, I, um, I come up with two horses. I had Cherry Tortoni and Asa, the ones that I dived into and wanted to have a bit more of a look at. Um, Cherry Tortoni's sitting at $14 at the moment, which looks a bit over to me. I mean, first start records, two wins out of four. She likes the distance and she loves the Flemington track. So $14 and Billy's just going to take a seat there, take it easy and try to pounce late. And Asar's got a similar profile off the draw, barrier eight, Damien Lane on board, but same, same thing. Second up, likes a good track. And, uh, yeah, I think those two will be very strong late. It doesn't look to be too much pace, but I'm going to go with Cherry Tortoni on top. Yeah, I I really agree with you there. I've got uh, Cherry Tortoni. The Billy Egan-Patrick Payne combination, especially in Melbourne, is a massive one. In the last 12 months or so, that has been incredibly successful. She's trialled up incredibly well. She looked like she ran really well beating uh, Russian Camelot in her last trial at Werribee. Um, and like you said, looks like no pace in the race. Um, could definitely bring those back markers in and Cherry Tortoni be one I'd be looking for. The one runner that does interest me is down the page a bit. And sorry, I've lost him. Pun it. No, there he is. I've got this all in the wrong order. Sorry. Is uh, number 14 here to shock. He ran at Geelong in his last start. And you might think, oh, Geelong, class one, no good. Over the 1,200, he ran a 112 and won by four lengths with Bossy on board. There's a massive rap on this camp, oh, sorry, on this horse. Um, the Brent Stanley camp, they've entered him here. I think they're looking towards an Australian Guineas over the 1,600 metres for the three-year-olds. And I've got here to shock as a massive danger. We'll have to have an each way player there, eleven and three dollars fifty. Bossy on board. Well, you just, you just you just you would just think with little to no pace in the race, he's got. I mean, yeah, he's got gate thirteen. He's got Grand Slam outside him, and then Brando just inside him. It was showing a bit of pace. But if he just grabs this by the scruff of the neck and just goes, I'm going to run him off their feet, and get too far in front for them to run him down. He's definitely shown the the talent to be able to do it. Absolutely, yeah. And looking at the speed map, he'll just get a tag straight over there with Brando. And like you said, yeah, if he's he's got the fitness on his edge, so yeah, it could be spot on. Another one that I wanted to look at in this race actually was that Moanga. She's nominated for um, Flemington and down in Sydney, and I'm really interested to see which way they go. But if you have a look at its first up record, it's I think it's unbeaten first up to be honest. So. Whichever race she goes in, I'm going to have a bit of a closer look. So, yeah, definitely drop that one down. Yeah, 100%. And if she does ride in – if she does run in, in Flemington, Jamie Carr's booked. There you so, go. Yeah, well, well, there you go. Massive tick. Massive tick. Um, we're going to look forward to the feature of the day. Group one over 1,000 metres, named after the great one herself, Black Caviar. It's the Black Caviar Lightning. They're going to go down the straight here at Flemington. This race is really interesting from a betting perspective and a racing perspective. 
because there's a, a little bit going on here. Bivouac at $2.70, Nature Strip at $4, September Run $5.50, $9.950 for Fabagino and Pippi. Double figures the rest. Bivouac, uh, it's reported that he's got uh, a career overseas going towards Abu Dhabi and then uh, potentially Royal Ascot, I think. Uh, sorry, no, going to Abu Dhabi. Um, so he's having his first up run. You couldn't think that they're going to put him in for a gut buster. Nature Strip first up last prep was rolled at $1.30 off the top of my head. September run comes off of winning the Coolmore Stud Stakes, beating Swats that, who's also in this field. Fabagino is second up after a win in the listed uh, Kensington, winning by a length. So there's a lot going on here. What have you found on top? Yeah, it's an absolute crack of a race. Um, I've landed on Nature Strip, to be honest. Probably a lot of people will find it a bit strange after the preparation that he had last prep. But if you look at his stats, you know, first up, he's got four top two finishes. He absolutely loves Flemington, no matter what anyone says. He's, over five starts, he's had four wins in a second. And a thousand metres as you go. It's as simple as that. And then you throw on that last tick that we've spoken about before. Jamie Carr's got the softest hands in the world at the moment. So... I don't think she's officially trialed him, but she's had a had a seat on him and gone around the track, and she she we'll, we'll see how he goes there. But I think the danger is actually Fabagino. Um, he's got the fitness edge. He's the one with a couple of starts to his name, and um, thirteen goes at the thousand meters for for nine wins, three minor placing. You can't cannot argue with that. And then um, obviously you can never get that uh, last run down the straight that Bossing and Bibbulak had. That was just an enormous run. And, yeah, I'm just not sure if the 1,000 metres might be a bit too short there. That run in the VRC Classic that Bivouac put in at the clock tower, home and hosed. And the way the bossy stood up on him, that was something to watch. If you've not seen that race, punters, I'm sure you have. Go and watch it again. Great fun. I'm going to make a massive call in this race, Fish, and it could come back and bite me on the arse, and I'm prepared for that to happen. Look at the top three in the market, Bivouac, Nature Strip, and September Run. Throw them in the bin. Yeah, big call. I, th- I think first up for Bivouac, they're not going to put him in for a gut buster. They don't want to win the Lightning Stakes. They want to go overseas and win. That's the big thing for this horse. Nature Strip, he's got a decent first up record, six starts, two wins, two seconds. But... New jockey on board is Jamie Cash. He's never ridden him on race day. There's not that relationship there. And from what people have said, Nature Strip is a tough horse to ride. Um, he's got a few quirks about him. J-Mac knew how to ride him. Does, Jam- does Jamie know how to? She's definitely the best in Melbourne at the moment. There's no doubting that. So I, that's where I'm saying it could definitely bite me on the ass. Um, but I'm happy to go against that. September run, I think they're going to be too fast for her. There's definitely a, a race for her to win after this one. I don't think it's the Lightning. I'm going Fabagino. I was originally topping up between Fabagino and Pippi, but Pippi's wins have been over a 1,000 metres against B-graders, and their words of the great Nick Lloyd. And as I look back in the form guide, I've gone, yep, you know what, you're right. They were. Fabagino's running fit, I mean, one over a 1,000 metres at 
Flemington, not last start, the one before, freshened up 30 days, came out and put a length, almost a length and a half on them. Second up, four starts, two wins. I think $9 is what their each way odds. Hammer that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like you said, he's definitely the fit, fit, fittest horse in the race. And um, yeah, I had him down as the danger. So I'm really interested to see how the race goes. I can't wait, can't, can't wait for it on Saturday. It'll be great to watch. It'll be even better if there's a, a big grey straight down the middle of the track at Flemington. Matty Hill's at the clock tower going, they can't take can't sorry, can't catch Fabagino. She's home at hose. And everyone does have a grey, so yeah, you and, could be on there. And everyone's just going, oh, no, what's happened? Oh, no, what was I thinking? I should have listened to Jack. So back in good form. So that's where I'm tipping. I just think it's not going to be necessarily the best horse in the field that wins the race. It's going to be the horse that's best suited for this race to beat the field. And I think the Fabagino is that horse. Yeah, I think you're spot on there, mate. Right. I want to know what your best bet of the weekend is, Fish. Give it to us. Well, it was a tough one to, to come up with, but I've gone back to Mars Crusader in that um, Southern Cross Stakes there at Ramwick. I think I just watched his trial again the other day and he just looks a different horse, this prep coming in. Obviously, he's first up, but Tommy Berry on board, he's got an association with the horse. Um, yeah, I think the last preparation, like I said, I touched on it before, they... They took him out first up on a heavy 10 and then they only had two runs after that. I think they know they made a mistake. The Hawks camp are known for second and third up horses. They, they usually take a run to get to get going. So I'm hoping that the, the speed isn't too much on there. But I think I think Mars Crusader is going to be my best bet of the day. Uh, what about yourself, mate? I found it really tough to find a best bet on Saturday between specifically between Ramwick and, and Flemington. There's such... Open fields, any horse really can go out and win this. I think the best bet of the day is going to be Caldy. Off of that first up run in the expressway, he's going to come up against a lot of horses that want a lot more distance. They're all first up. He's already had a run under his belt, and it was quite an impressive one behind Savatiano. I just think that... Bowman's ridden plenty of winners for Waller before. They're not going to stop here. I've got Colding on top, and I'm going to make him my best of the day there in the Apollo. Have you got a value play, mate? Value play. I've already said it, and I'll say it again. You've lost your marbles if you don't back Fabagino. I just – the race is so set up. Bivouac's going overseas. Nature Strip, done last prep at $1.30. September run. She's a great filly. This is going to be too fast for her. Fabagino, thanks for coming. Yeah, absolutely, mate. My, uh, my value play is actually going to be in race two uh, at, at Sydney. It's awesome that I have Black Booked on the Brilliance Racing um, Instagram page and Facebook page before it's headliner from the Wallace stable. Um, she, she came out and debuted against a horse that she's racing again again, this weekend again, stay inside. Um, and I just feel, I looked at their sectionals, like, like I touched on before, I like looking at sectionals, and they were absolutely spot on, both of them. And stay inside, to me, looked like um, he was dying a bit at the end there. So, and whereas headline, the headline his last 200 was the quickest sectional for the day. So, I'm happy to spec her on top at $7.50 and two fifty, and 
she's going to be my value play for the day. Love it. Well, that's a beautiful segue into if you want to think, want to see what we all think coming into a, a massive weekend of racing, the best place to go is Brilliance Racing on Facebook and Instagram. Um, Fish will have Sydney done. I'll have Melbourne done. Don't worry, Fabergine, I'll be there. And Lloyd is going to do Brisbane. Um, so that's going to be all from us here this afternoon, punters. Um, thank you very much for having a, having a listen and good luck on the weekend.